Welcome back, everyone. This is Danny. Welcome back to the Coast to Coast podcast. I'm joined with my co-host, uh, March. March, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm um, running almost on fumes here. I had to go to the airport at 5 o'clock. Well, no, I had to go to the airport at 2.30 in the morning. Had to. I got home at back at 5. So, um, yeah, I'm running on fumes. But I'm doing well. How about yourself? I've had actually a, an amazing week. I had a tremendous week. Went yesterday to a very nice pub here in Calgary and um, had very good nachos. Um, other than that, it's been a very relaxing week. Everyone's on vacation at work. So smooth sailing. And um, Nice. Yeah. I was just going to mention, okay, so I'll mention two things here before we get started. Um, I'm going to address something. Uh, we're probably going to address a couple things from last episode, but I'm going to address something right now. Uh, I started off the episode with uh, telling everyone how good my mic was. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm telling everyone right now, I did not buy my mic from like Value Village. It's a good mic. I was just uh, two centimeters away from it. So hopefully it's a lot better now. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, just sound very, better, a lot better. Okay, yeah. It just <laughs> it was very funny because I was like, hey, everybody, hope you're salivating over the quality. Let's go. But I was like this close to the microphone. So... Um, yeah. Second thing I want to mention is we, uh, second episode in a row, we have another guest. Um, we have a good buddy of ours, Colin. Uh, Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you boys doing? We're doing good. Doing good. We're very excited to have you, Colin. I'm very excited Colin, to be on. Uh, um, talk to us. Um, tell us more about yourself. Maybe drop in your uh, uh, social handles. Uh, tell us what you like to do for fun and how you got started in hockey. Yeah, so I got started in hockey with uh, my dad when I was young. Just uh, put me on skates when I was pretty young, and then uh, ever since I played hockey my whole life. And uh, he, my dad was a Montreal Canadiens fan, so inherently I kind of uh, grasped onto that at a young age. And uh, yeah, hockey's just been my passion since. And uh, yeah, but uh... where are you based from? Where are you based? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just gonna say this sounds a lot like uh, every like a... draft pick. Like a job interview. Uh, if you're an, an what kind of animal are you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. Gotta shake out the nerves. You know. Like yeah, and, we were just uh, talking before. <laughs> yeah, based out of Cambridge, Ontario. You know. There we go. But anyway. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm a yeah big Montreal fan. Love going on Twitter, hashing up with the boys and. I uh, actually recently got into graphic design. I've been doing some design work on uh, Twitter. So if, if you follow my handle, Colin Dorland, then you can see some of my work there. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Very nice. So I'm looking at the, the map here, Cambridge and Terry. That's pretty close to, uh, um, to nothing, basically. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. I can see yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls and Buffalo. I mean, you, I mean, we've, we've known you for quite some time now. Um, we know that you go too often to uh, Buffalo games, uh, whether to watch the Canadians or other teams. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast uh, at some point, at some capacity, was to always like uh, make sure that we're having uh, some guests from out of town is, is to end. No, to, to get to know what the experience is like in their local area. Um, so, you know, I'd like to ask, I'd like for you to tell us more about the experience that uh, um, hockey fans experience in Buffalo. 
well because of where i live I, like you said i'm close to toronto and buffalo uh it's pretty much the same amount of time to get to buffalo as to toronto and the tickets are probably like a quarter of the price for the uh lower bowl like right up front so it's that's the first winner point i guess because you're paying a quarter of the price to watch still your favorite team like me and my dad just go and watch montreal my older brother's a blackhawks fan so we've been to buffalo for a uh blackhawks game as well uh and just like going uh going over the border uh for the day experiencing the food uh mm -hmm. just a different a different culture uh because it's not canadian it's no longer a canadian hockey market even though they're pretty close to canada like some of canadian hockey mar hockey market they they advertise their uh players differently and they do different things throughout the game whether it's they're saluting the veteran every single time or uh yep. just like uh they have a little blimp that they put up over the fans and it drops like gift cards down for some american like sub restaurant it's pretty cool holy uh, <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool it's like a little blimp that they fly around with a remote control and it like drops uh little gift cards down to people it's pretty cool i never got it because they drop it up to like the 300 section but yeah it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah, that's unbelievable. And what is it? Is that is that the Honda Arena? Honda Arena? What is it called? Uh, it's the Key Bank, the Key Bank, Key Bank? Center. Okay. okay. Yeah, and their uh, goal horn and song, like all that, they, it's pretty good too. So that's always, it's always nice to have a good uh, goal horn and song when you're at the when you're out of the game. Um, comparative to other arenas you've been to, I mean, I don't know how many arenas you've been to. I haven't been to a whole lot, but um, I can tell you, like Rogers Arena in Vancouver is a uh, is it's an it's a nice arena, but once you get like when you have to go like buy food, which usually you don't, um, but or like you have to go exit, it's like so crammed. So how is the Key Bank? Is it Key Bank Center or Key Bank Arena? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I think it's the Key Bank Arena. No, it's, yeah, that's okay. a good question. Key, I'm not too sure. So uh, Key Bank don't, something, don't... but no one cares. Yeah, Key Bank Center. Key Bank Center. Yeah, Key Bank Center. Okay. No that's free, okay. no free yeah. sponsorships here. <laughs> Yeah, key bags drop the sponsor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've been to I think four arenas. So the Key Bank Center, uh, Scotia Bank Arena, ACC, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I still kind of sometimes to this day I like also refer to it as the ACC just because I do too. That's what it was when I grew up. Uh, I've been to the Joe Louis Arena. Haven't been to the new arena in Detroit. So I've been to the one in Detroit before. The the Joe Louis before it was torn down. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like it, it was uh. Like a, it's an old historic arena, so, and I got to go to it before they uh, tore it down. So that That's was pretty nice. cool. And then uh, I've been in Montreal three or four times. But so where would you place Key Bank in terms of like those arenas? I I don't feel I can accurately rate Detroit because I was so young, so I don't really remember it. Okay, so that's fair. I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say Detroit's third because I'm not ranking Toronto second. <laughs> Okay. And Montreal better than Toronto, obviously. And Montreal, yeah, Montreal is first. Buffalo second. Okay. Uh, it's just, yeah, Montreal is, I mean, bias, obviously. And I mean, like, if you go to those four arenas, I don't know if you could tell me differently anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll just have fair. to get someone else from some other arena. But um, this is great. <laughs> but I, gotta I will have to tell you, you walk by Montreal, the Bell Center, you can mis totally mistake it for a, a department store. Like so, uh, but mind you, yeah, Rogers they, Arena sometimes too. Yeah, they have like a grocery store right beside it too. But I guess that's <laughs> probably go right players, across. Right? Keep, gotta keep the players fed. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. 
That's good. Uh, guys, I just want to, before we start off with the episode here, I just want to clarify. I mean, I, I, we ended the episode last week on um, on this whole John Gibson thing. And I promised the, uh, the listeners that I'm going to get back to. And I, I promised even you, March, that I'm going to get back to you with the details on this. So the Frederick Anderson trade with Toronto and, and, and Anaheim, um, that was that happened in 2016. And even then, they got dropped. But that's another topic for another time. Um, the, the, tra- the actual trade that I had in mind, it started off in 2011, uh, in February, where Boston acquired Thomas Caberlet, okay? <laughs> Legend Cab- Thomas Caberlet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> from, from Toronto for a first round pick in the same year and a second round pick the following year. Um, that pick mm. ended up being a 30th overall for Boston. So Toronto ended up having a 30th overall pick for Thomas Caberlet. But what Anaheim did, that's that's the, the part I was trying to convey the last the last episode that I, I was forgetting there. I don't know why I was thinking of Anderson. Never mind. Um, basically, Anaheim had the, tw- the 22nd overall and Toronto had the 30th overall. Anaheim called Toronto, offered them to move up to the 22nd in exchange for their 30th and their second round pick. Okay? Okay. Which ended up, and that, that was a tank year for um, uh, for Toronto. So the second round pick ended up being a 39th overall. Long story short, basically, the first round pick that Toronto picked with Anaheim's pick ended up being a no-name player called Tyler Biggs. That I have never heard of, mm-hmm. and the two picks that Anaheim used ended up being Ricard Raquel and John Gibson. Oh, okay. Was this in 2011 that you say that that draft? 2011, June. 2011. That's John so, Gibson got drafted in two, 2011. That is crazy to me. Because I, sorry, just because like didn't because when we were talking about this trade last episode, I believe one of the goalies, I think it was Anderson, who got drafted twice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm done with Anderson. I'm going to stay away. I'm always making mistakes <laughs> with Anderson. But uh, okay, okay, let's just forget about Anderson. Okay, perfect. That's why. That's the only reason I asked what draft year because even now I was kind of confused. But okay, Gibson. Okay. Yeah, but like imagine that. I mean, they they traded down to pick Raquel and Gibson. I mean, that's just crazy. And, and Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. While I was doing my research, the last thing I want to mention about this, they actually offered. They called back Toronto in the sixth round. And they offered them to give them uh, next year's pick in exchange for this year's pick. And it ended up being Josh Manson as well. As if mm. uh, it wasn't enough uh, robbing to run. <laughs> so, Jesus. Oh, so they, you said that they offered and it, it went through? Like they, it happened? Yeah, they, 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 oh they gave them like, hey, you, you want next year's sixth round pick and you give us this year's? And Toronto said yes. And they ended up picking Josh Manson. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So... Um, that's pretty much all I wanted to mention. Now we see Leo Carlson going to Anaheim. And we're all scratching our head. I think you liked him a lot. I didn't. Oh, uh, I liked Carlson too. I like. I wanted him. I thought. I thought he was going to drop to five though. Okay, I didn't. And I was really hoping for it. So I guess it's good that our guy moved up because we means we we should be pro scouts now, March, right? Because our guy that we thought was good moved up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so March, yeah. what do you want to talk about today okay so i guess uh, last uh, time we ended it with um the well, i guess we ended it with that really i mean I, we mm-hmm. talked about you know uh babcock and stuff like that uh i think immediately after that we ended that episode or i guess the day after um uh, an interesting 
what you would call it, uh, an old boys club coach got uh, retired. Um, Elaine Vigneault retired from the NHL. Now, there's a couple stories around Elaine Vigneault that are pretty funny. Now, I consider him, I I I consider him a pr- pretty good Canucks coach. Um, but I I like I don't want to get too too much into this, but. I think the funniest thing that ever came from this guy was during the, it might've been during the bubble or something. Someone asked him about, um, there was like a bunch of protests or something uh, for black lives matter. And he, he, some reporter asked him saying, what are your thoughts? And he said, what's that? Mm -hmm. And, and, and they, they said, well, what do you mean? What's that? It's everywhere. It's all over the news. And he said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy thinking about hockey. I, I think hockey 24 or seven. It's like, holy, sh- <laughs> you don't even look at the news. <laughs> like, buddy, there's a, like, look outside the, like, there's like, I think there was like protests outside the arena or something. So mm. I just, I was like, that. I remember when that happened and I was like, this guy is totally out to lunch, but he was a pretty decent coach. Also second funniest thing was when he was on the same bench as Michel Therrien. And Mike Yo, I mean, just imagine those three guys in the locker room. I'd be scared uh, in Philly as a player, just having full of cigarettes and, and pranks and, <laughs> and bullying and stuff. Exactly. So I don't know. Like I, I, I know him as a Canucks coach. Um, okay, I'm gonna sound crazy here. Did he? He was in Montreal, right? Twice. Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's a, like the um, what do you call it? The Claude Julian thing. Okay. Um, I don't know, Danny. Uh, what are your thoughts on Elaine Vigneault and him not being in the league anymore? I'm going to sound ignorant here, but just because like I've, I've watched hockey for a long time and I yeah. still can tell you up to this date, this guy, I have nothing noteworthy of him. Like he went through the league. He maybe made a name for himself. He got paid a lot by, by the Rangers and the, uh, the, the Flyers. Um, but I have to say nothing noteworthy. Never caught, never anything caught my attention. The only time was that actually when he was in the Canucks, um, you know, that, player that was pretending to uh to be oh yeah 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 that was and he was like laughing and stuff yeah, yeah that was that was the only time that i actually for those that don't know like look it up on youtube there was a guy pretending like to be another guy on the ice Vigneo was like just laughing and it was an opposing player so i don't know like it's mm-hmm. nothing really much else for for me to say about uh, Vigneo. what about you uh colin yeah did he coach the rangers in 2014 by chance because that's like that may be the only thing that sticks out to me is him behind the Rangers bench, uh, and him beating Montreal. Uh, I didn't really focus on him too much either, uh, and it's I guess happy retirement to him because I haven't focused on him. He can uh, have a happy retirement, and I guess we'll see uh, who's gonna be the next coach that's gonna replace him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NHL coaching carousel is just an insane game, so. Yeah, okay. I think I think it's changing along with the the GMs. I mean, they've got the old boys club, but I feel like, I mean, <laughs> okay, I don't want to get into this now, but there are a couple coaches that got hired even today that I guess we're going to get into later. Um, but yeah, th- I think we'll dive back into this whole coaching car- carousel that you mentioned. So it but would yeah, be nice to I'd... confirm if if <laughs> was, was was coaching the Rangers. Um... Was that like the year with Tukarski and Price and Kreider and all that, or? Um, we'll have yes. to look it up. I think so. Yeah, I think you're onto something, Colin. 
New York Rangers 2014-2015. Yeah. First year, he 53 wins, 22 losses. But the Vancouver Canucks. He's never tied a hockey game on this hockey DB website. So that's crazy. Um, This guy is. Damn. This guy's pretty good, eh? Uh, yeah, his record's like almost like du- double positive. Is it not? It's like seven seven hundred twenty-two. Because he is age thirty-five and one seventy-two. Yeah, sixty-two. Sixty-two. I mean, yeah, sixty-two years old. I would wonder that if that's even younger than uh, than Terrier or what younger than Claude Julien. I guess that's the threshold for these guys to retire. I'm not sure. They don't um, need the money. I've, yeah, I feel like that's pretty. Yeah, like Sheldon keeps eighty. Like, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, Michelle Terrien's fifty nine. So really, that's and, really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Babcock yeah. is uh, sixty, and he's back behind the bench. So I, I, I feel like Avinio just said, "I'm done." <laughs> just whatever. It's like I've had enough of Terrien. He probably has a uh, uh, second uh, hand smoke. Uh, uh, all his suits are all his suits are uh, ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. move the pack. Well, moving on yeah. from LA, any anything in the last thoughts on him before we wish him a good retirement? No, good luck. No, no more Have thoughts fun. on him. Good. Yeah. All right. It. Thank you, sir. Next, go sit um, on the lake. Yeah. Next thing I want to I want to mention and and I. And I want to get into this later on, but I just want to mention that I, I watched the, the Chris Nyland uh, podcast uh, featuring uh, Caden Gooley from the Montreal Canadiens. Um, there's been a lot of talks. I, you know, even before he was drafted, I never really watched. So I'm not going to pretend to be one of those people that uh, scouts and stuff like that by looking at the three minute video on YouTube. Um, but I did, I, I was pretty curious on seeing, you know, this whole Shea Weber like uh, mentality that this guy has. And I got to, he, he was pretty okay. He, he was pretty good. I mean, he's he's actually funnier than people let on in terms of uh, rumors and stuff. Um, I think he made some some pretty cool comments on um, uh, on there as well. And he got he gave some pretty insight, some insightful stuff mm. as well. Um, one thing that I was pretty wrong about was uh, I was under the impression for the longest time that Slavkovsky was not friends with any of the the new generation players. Mm. It ended up being uh, one of them, so I stand corrected on that. Did you guys watch that episode? No. Okay. I, I thought you were gonna. S- I thought you were gonna say that you were completely wrong. So he isn't friends with any of them. He is friends. He is friends with oh. Slav and everyone else. I was just not right about Slavkovsky not being part of the new gang. Oh, okay. For some reason, I don't know. I, I thought he w- he wasn't fitting in. So quick to quick to judge, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now he has Reinbacher. They're gonna be him and Reinbacher are gonna be best friends. Well, I mean, don't forget Slavkovsky's got uh, Mishar. Mishar. And, uh, so, no, Reinbacher's best friends of Hudson. Yeah. So, oh, anyways, yeah. I just want. I think I think people should go listen to that, that podcast, that, that episode with Chris Nyland. It's it's actually pretty good. They got him talking pretty a lot, actually. So. It's a nice one. Okay. It was very yeah, I might have to go take a listen. Like, I don't really, I don't really listen to any other podcasts except my own. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I'm a narcissist. Well, no, I, I do just... watch. 
I do. I do. I'm, I am watching a lot of episodes right now of various podcasts. And I have to tell you guys, we have to give ourselves some credit here. Like we're here, we're at well, these improvised mics and we have this this improvised <laughs> setup on, on every set. Um, but all the professionals, like the guy is getting paid to do this. They're doing the same thing. They're opening hockey DB and they're reading cap friendly. And like, it's the same thing. Everyone is doing the yeah. same thing. Um, yeah, that's true. Pretty hilarious. Uh, they accept they have really good internet connections and apparently I don't. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> well, we'll I got sponsored get... by, uh, by Rogers or something. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 anyone listening, I, if you need to make my dream come true, I need to have a, an ethernet cable. So, uh, every, every listen counts. Um, I just wanted to go on to something a little interactive here. Um, I was thinking of saving this for the end, but I'd, I'd like to talk about it now. And I think it's, it's it's a good question for Colin to start off with. So Colin, get ready. Oh boy. Um, this is pretty good. Okay, and I I, <laughs> I I actually spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I forgot what I liked about. I, I forgot my answer. But anyways, if you could add a completely new rule to hockey, what would it be? Oh my goodness! What a question. If I could add a completely new rule to hockey, what would it be? So. I it's now a lot of people will say like really like you know funny things like I quote said one on one overtime in the playoffs, you know like just something stupid, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm just gonna, well, yeah, Colin, you want to go ahead with your rules? Yeah, uh, I I I think it'd be cool to have like. I want to say like a scoring bonus of some sort like so like there's a couple more points on the board but mm. i don't know how you do that like just with like a a lot like you can like just put a three-point line up uh not three-point line but like just like put a lot a line farther back I me mean, like if you shoot a shot from this far back then it's worth two goals like that doesn't really seem like a feasible thing but i guess like that's the first thing that came to mind so i guess that would be my rule <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Just like shoot, shooting from farther back. I mean, I'd like to. I think it'd be an interesting thing to get rid of the uh, blue line and have no offsides. Well, that's or make the red line the offside. That's... You'll have a, a player permanently next to the goalie. <laughs> like a like a like a. No, like the a red line's ball? offside. Oh, okay. red line's offside for both sides. Um, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of these off too because this was a post on Twitter. And um, I'm going to read them off, and I, I, I'm going to stay here. Don't worry, audio-wise. Uh, winner, uh, <laughs> winner of every fight gets one goal for their team. So that's, that's an interesting one. Um, uh, this one's really funny. A puck gets the added. The anti-fight e- people. Yeah, I know, right? The puck gets added each period. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, what else is there? I think one I like is power play does not end when the team scores. This one actually makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. This I is agree. like a serious one. An actual pun. Yeah. Well, the, I, I, I saw one that said that, so say you have a two-minute power play in a one-nothing, or say it's a close game, you got a, a two-minute power play, and there's only a minute left in the game. What they said is that the, the the team should get two minutes 
the full two minutes. So it, the game goes an, an, a minute extra. So it doesn't end in a minute. Like, like oh, it, until it, the power play ends. Until nah. the power. I'm not. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I. That's cool. They do that in soccer yeah, in, in a way because of injury time when like they've got like an offensive rush, they the whist, the referee doesn't blow the whistle. Like he gives them the chance. But does, does that mean if it was the second period, the power play would just carry into the third, or would like that power play also have to end? I I, you know what I'm I feel like it'd only be for the third or overtime. This yeah. is just a can of worms, in my opinion. It it is. It's a bit. It's a bit interesting. Um. And this one said only have one TV timeout per period. This is the, the Rod Brindamore. <laughs> good rule. That's a good rule. <laughs> yeah. Rod Brindamore. That's a good one. Also, the, the adding one puck every period, if you went to overtime, then there would be four pucks on the ice. <laughs> that'd be crazy. Four pucks for five, for five players, for three players. Oh, that'd yeah, be crazy. There'd be three one, one 1v1s and one extra puck just for fun. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, this one's this one's arcadey fun to think about one franchise contract doesn't count on your salary cap yeah i heard about that that's you, actually this is not even a, like a, an arcade one actually this is like a real nba one i think if i'm not mistaken either nba or, or baseball i think one of those two leagues if you draft a player you're allowed one player not to count i think oh yeah i think i've heard that too yeah that'd be yeah. cool or like you got I mean, like a, but you don't have to uh you somehow get a so, discount on your side, so every first overall because... pick, every generational player is going to get paid uh, 25 million, yeah. and everyone else is on uh, minimum wage. No, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's just <laughs> if you dr- if you draft and develop the player, then you get like a discount on their first contract. Mm. I think that's what it, it should be. That's not a bad idea, but I, this because, is like... why we don't make rules and we're sitting here on the podcast. Hey, <laughs> uh, I just guess all the guys I... in the NHL finance office are shaking their fists at us right now. <laughs> yeah well i mean look i just mentioned the way the, the thing for the podcast i'm pretty sure that the, the executives are all doing the same thing it's all these rich billionaire owners you know on the beach in florida like in, in the uh owners uh convention They're like hey uh how can we cut more salaries here you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. i have a gr- wonderful idea let's make the beer 25 bucks <laughs> yeah, they're gonna look at the Vegas owner and say, "Stop, uh, stop making us pay for your uh, expeditions to your Montana, the state of Montana." Um, yeah, exactly. I was gonna, I'm gonna end off with two more, and if anyone has an idea of what their rule would be, these are two serious ones that I, I put a like on them just to bookmark them because I like them. Uh, the first one is, and this is something I believe in. So I, I referee ball hockey, um, and this is a. In a sense, it is a rule in ball hockey. Um, and it so the fourth icing call in a period results in a two-minute delay of game. Can you repeat that again? The fourth icing call in a period okay. results in a two-minute delay of game. So what's why is it fourth? Why fourth? Uh, so the way that it works in ball hockey is if you're continuously icing it, it's a delay of game. Yeah. Um, okay. I, but there's, I don't know why he, this guy picked fourth, but I do like the concept of having to give a delay of game connected to icings. Okay. Um, I don't believe that, you know, the fourth time in one period and you're out, but in a way it kind of restricts teams from, or maybe makes teams smarter when it comes to, but there's already a punishment you can't change. So, but I feel like if you're consistently doing it, like you do it three times in a row, it should be the delay of game, but I feel like that might be already a rule. So, 
I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Want to go ahead, Colin? I don't. I don't know, like how I feel about having an icing rule just based on delay of game, just because like sometimes it benefits you and sometimes it doesn't benefit you, I guess. But yeah, it's it's an interesting concept to have a, a four, like four, and then you get charged two minutes for icing the puck, but like. Mm, yeah. I mean, you're not always like intentionally icing the puck. Like it, that's true. I mean, like what? I mean, like you could, in the it could be a playoff game, and you could get like really unlucky with four, like just barely missed touches or something, or like the defender lifts your stick four times before you get the pass, and that's yeah, like, that's true. That defender basically just completely drew that two minute uh, penalty. Like, okay, I'm taking away my know. like from this guy's comment. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was blocking him. Block him. <laughs> uh, I got one more, and this one's good, I think, too. Uh, however, if you guys disagree, I'm also blocking him. Um, <laughs> scoring, scoring a shorthanded goal ends the power play. I like it. I yeah. love it. I like yeah, it too. Double punishment. I like it. Double punishment. We would get fucked. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think Montreal had. I don't. I I just. It's the worst feeling ever. So you get first of all, you don't. Oh, get your, we're, we don't have any more draw anymore. We're good. Well, maybe we're good. We're maybe we can prove our breakout in zone entry then finally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we fire, <laughs> finally fire Burrows. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think that's a good one. So I'll leave the like there. Aside from that, I don't know. Um. I said, uh, you know, one on one overtime. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think I. Um, I hold on. I was going to say because I said one on one overtime. I wanted to segue into something that you mentioned. I don't know if you want to talk about it now, Colin, but you had an idea. And uh, unless Danny want to talk about it later, um, he had an Colin had an idea about a summer league. Oh, we can yes. do that. Okay, I just I mean, can, about this. The last thing I want to say about the new rule, and then we can move on. Okay, this, sure. I don't really have any much to say. I got thinking more about like why you guys were talking about the, the the first rule that you mentioned, like the fight gives you a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is not insane. Like you're gonna you're gonna have teams have, ganging up like Lucic and Reeves and I don't know what. <laughs> and as soon as uh, McKinnon scores a goal, you see like Lucic uh, and Reeves like running after the players to get to fight. To get to fight. <laughs> like uh, this is gonna become like WWE. Like uh, this is like, it would be so funny. But, like, okay, but, like, what stops, a, like, say, Reeves on, uh, yeah. I don't know, say, Reeves on Colorado, uh, yeah. you know, he they get the goal up. Well, why would he want to fight Lucic yeah. unless he he knows he's going to win? No, but I'm just saying, like, the, the, these GMs are going to gang up all these players. Like, the fourth line is going to be, like, Kaidomi, Lucic, and, and, and Brashier, and, and, like, I don't know who, like. And as soon as like McKinnon scores a goal, next shift is all Lucic and Reeves on the ice, and and they're all, and then you got Victor Mete like getting killed, like it's, yeah. the uppercut, elbow. Yeah, yeah. Because if you decline, like what happens if they decline the fight? Then you have to. It's too yeah, exactly. If you decline a fight, yeah. yeah. Like, can you imagine as well? Like if Lucic like fought, won like three fights. The, the game is going to end up like 6-0 and then like there's three people in the hospital. Like it's, <laughs> it makes no sense. I just thought it's the first comment on that post and it's the funny, like it's the funniest. Like, when I said it to myself, I didn't think of it the way you're thinking of it, but it'd be so fun to watch that. Can you imagine? Like we lost like 3-0 tonight and, and Ghoulie is in the hospital. <laughs> you know, like 
<laughs> like, yeah, it makes no sense. Because a UFC fighter on the fourth line came out and uh, yeah. started doing uh, yeah. uh, high kicks yeah. and uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking... With, with, with the first overall, uh, the right wing, uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> You know? <laughs> Dude, that's how you get goals. Then we have a new that's award. Get, David we first get a, line. We get a new exactly. We get a new award called the McGregor Award. The guy who scored the most goals because of fights. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Um, uh, let that um, go ahead, uh, Colin. <laughs> Tell us about more about this uh, this summer league stuff you had going on. This okay, so. Uh, yeah, as everyone's seen, everyone's talking about the summer league in the NBA because it's so big, right? Every single year, I mean, at least two years in a row now, everyone's been complaining that the NHL doesn't really do anything. And we have, like, this small league that they're running in, out of Montreal, like a three-on-three league. I don't know if you guys seen that. Uh, Habs fan TV was on it. I'm not familiar with the- Oh, wait. Uh, can you just repeat that? They were, they were at, like, a three-on-three ho- uh, charity event, I think. Yeah, like uh, Nick Suzuki, Suzuki and, was there uh, today. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well. I saw that. Yeah. So like we have like stuff like that, and then we have like the Beauty League, which there's no even half decent NHLers in. But like this is more this is more for the league, right? Like you want to have uh, a league event that you can ha- you can showcase your young talent in the summer. So like I, I was just thinking like kind of like it's yeah it's basically copying the NBA, but like. How about a like FIFA styled uh, NHL three on three tournament with all the like prospects? That'd be fun. Uh, starting be off with like groups of like divisions of four, top two teams move on. That's uh, three games right away, three days, and then from there on, it's uh, four days of single elimination games to get to the final, which would be on like a Saturday or something, and then uh, that'd be the end of the tournament. But just for the rookies, play on like a smaller ice surface, three on three goalie. And it's got to be like first round picks or something like that. Yeah. Like you Toronto can even obviously like, will not be in there, but you know, but if you want max entertainment, you could even just make it like, cause they're worried about injuring the players. Just make it non-contact. Like I know people will be upset about it, but make it non-contact. Then you, all you're going to have is the skill or like the skill styled players in the game. Probably. Yeah. I just going to have the guys trying the, to walk around. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Like I, if you want it, if you want max entertainment, I do like this idea a lot. I, I think, and, and you would be able to host these, like how long would you say the whole tournament lasts? Like a week and a half or a week? Like a week. Okay, so like it would be, it'd be so good. So like I'm really familiar with the, um, uh, what do they call them? There's something invitationals. The Spit and Checklist does them um, where they do ball hockey tournaments. Oh, yeah. Um, and they go, they, they, ho- they host it in Boston, uh, Boston, Buffalo a few times. Um, I think they're going back to Buffalo I've heard recently on the podcast, um, they've done other cities, but I feel like, cause what they, it's like a huge event and then they have like a big after party. Like, it'd be so cool if like they did that and they went to like, you know, Arizona or, or, or any city really, like it didn't have to be like Vegas or something. And you go there and you have this tournament and it like, I don't know, like it'd be, that'd be so fun. Yeah. If they're so committed to growing the game, like they say they are, they should go to actually, any city that's not an NHL city already. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, like they all, they all, they all have arenas. So they're probably not going to. Let's face it, they're not. They're probably not going to sell out a a hundred. I mean, a twenty thousand person arena. So like, ten thousand seats is probably all you need. Like you can use any little city, small rec center, and like Houston has a like. Not like Houston doesn't have a an arena or yeah. yeah. Where else? Where else? Like Kansas City, put it outside. Like I mean, if it's good <laughs> enough, if it's good enough for. 
craft hockey villain i don't know what and, uh, and yeah. stuff it's good enough for these uh potential expansions salt lake city and yeah I like i just don't see why they wouldn't do something they all do these rookie camps like you may as well do something to make a little more money out of it well and you should use the time in the, the off season where nothing happens and just put something like why not like they do it over overseas like why not do it here and, and grow the game here as well when there's nothing going on except like Michael Bazzetta contract extensions. But like make it, actually this is a great point, Marsh. Like make it like somewhere exotic as well. You know, like all these players, they love to go to Italy as soon as the season is done and, and, oh, that's and true. France and I don't know what. Yeah. Make it there. Yeah. I, it there. I do actually like all that these, idea. And pay for the families and players Imagine are going to run for Imagine shipping out 32 teams worth of players, though, to Italy. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it should be like an all-star. Put all -star up in Alaska. Kind of... No, but it, it should be like a, something similar to, like, to an all-star weekend, where it's like only like five players per team. Yeah, there shouldn't be too many players on your team. Like, It's going to be a limited roster from what you're actually... like. I don't know, three-on-three three tournament? I, to tell Nine. you the truth, I wasn't even thinking team representation when you first mentioned this. I was just thinking create small teams of whatever. I don't I don't know what the name of the teams would be, but just fucking throw them in a blender. And then, okay, these prospects, this team, and you got like, I don't know, like six or seven or eight teams, and and there you go. Like, I mean, that too. I mean, it develops. Well, they could do that, but that players. That wouldn't be league run then. Some like any random person could do that. If it's league run, they definitely do it team based. Okay, yeah, that's true. But the same. T I guess that's it's also good because then like you would have games running all day, and people can come and go and. Yeah, it'd be like a event like, and the games don't need to be long either. Right? Like they're tiring and they're going to be going. Like if you're the winning team, you went seven days in a row. So. Like, yeah, I was thinking even like. I know everyone's like used to three periods, so I, and I, three like half an hour of three on three hockey. If you want it to be high intensity, like it's not like the players are gonna drop. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of skate. Like even on a smaller rink, like it's a lot of skating and a lot of moving to do. So I was like thinking either the four pe four periods of five minutes for twenty minutes, or like just a ha like two halves, ten minutes, ten minutes. But you could also do, I guess, a fifteen minute game. Like, but that. The games just seem really short at that point, right? So I'm just well. This is kind of like this is for the whole plan. That's yeah. Like this is for like a committee like, and and a committee yeah. answering answering to another committee answering to like Batman or something to figure out. But I don't know if they're ever gonna. So what do other team? What do other leagues do them? Is it like just normal games, or do they get creative I, with the format? They don't. I don't know if there's a champion of this NBA summer league. Like, I know they've just been playing games and. I, maybe there is a champion. What if it's just a single elimination tournament? I know Wemben Yama's played like two games. If they make it serious, and here I'm gonna give an idea. Here I'm actually gonna I'm gonna give an idea. How about we do a rookies tournament, and the winner gets a million dollars on the cap space. There you go. Imagine if you're in the summer, you're a tanking team. You went. You have a, mm -hmm. a lot of good prospects. I don't know. You get a you get a million dollar more on, on the cap space for that year. So you're actually forcing your players. It's a, it's a. I don't know. I I don't know. But it's, 
let's move on from this. Anything else uh, you guys want to talk about for this uh, summer league stuff? No, aside from I think it's a good idea and Batman should get on it. You guys are all for it, huh? Some like some some sort of activity during the summer. Yeah, give me something. Yes. Yeah, like I'm not sorry, but like I'm not watching the Helinka Gretzky Cup, or mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell goes on in the summer. But I, I could care less. I mean, like Tokarski and and Anti Niemi and Net or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it's 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 snooze fat. Like, like just Steve Ott is the number one center. It's just <laughs> no one cares. I don't yeah. care. But yeah. no, okay, people care, but I don't care. <laughs> I feel like you should. You should. Even their own families are not even watching. I know. <laughs> When I was a kid, I go I go to the TV and I turn it on and say like Team Canada's playing, right? So I get excited and then I click to the channel. And I'd be like, oh yeah, <laughs> and I turn it off and go out back outside and start playing again because yeah. just disappointment. You don't want to watch those. Like, unfortunately, no, I, am, I don't want to watch those guys. Happy. I am, however, happy for for Monty yeah, for that medal that he got. Medal probably made out of plastic, but uh, you know, happy for him. Yeah, Monty's a go for yeah. that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I retract my statement. <laughs> All right. I'm all for Monty. <laughs> good, good. Uh, March, you have to give me some credit on Monty. I was one of the first people saying this guy is, is fantastic. Everyone was laughing <laughs> again. And, and I, <laughs> I'll give you credit. I like him. I, I, I listen when he, listen, when it comes to what what my opinion was with Kakinami and what you said versus what my opinion was initially on Montembo mm-hmm. and what you said. You, you have to give me some credit here. Like, I didn't disagree with you fully. Did I think he was going to become a starter? No, but I think he was, like, right away, I thought he was her, the best backup. Okay, because well, it was supposed to be Carey Price and Jake Allen. Yeah. So, you know, that was, like, the best backup we could have had. But Montembeau coming out, I was like, oh, this is, like, you know, young, agile. Like, he's pretty decent, but he's he's gotten really good. And... um. I'm happy we're I'm, I'm just sick of uh, I'm just sick of teams relying on goalies. I mean, we, we've had this conversation before. We'll have it again maybe this summer or something, but yeah. Yeah. 1A, um, 1B potential. I think the whole Swayman and, and Allmark thing is going to is going to take off here. I I do like that idea. Like like because I mean, my ideology always has been don't spend money on goaltending, but if you're going to spend money on goaltending, spend it on someone who 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 wins you playoff game so hand so hand like by himself like like that's where you spend money but if you are going to spend money on someone who hasn't proven that i think it's a risk i mean they tried it with markstrom in calgary and look at how that turned out yeah it's yeah they would have been better off just giving vladar the role or something all right um i wanna do you want to have anything you want to talk about something specific colin or i can go I mean, I was going to bring up the Summer League. That was my uh, one thing I was pretty <laughs> okay. excited to talk about. Montembeau, 1B potential. I have something later on. Kind of where I'm lying on him right now. So I think that hopefully this Jacob Dobes guy can come up and play play well He's for out. us. Oh. He's oh, out. Sorry, that was Dichau. Sorry, that was Dichau that they didn't sign him. Oh, Dichau. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was huge on Dichau. Yeah, I was huge on Dichau. <laughs> Um, Dobes is good. Like I do like his stats, but I'm huge. He's big, huge. Well, yeah, he's big, but I'm just huge on the guy we drafted. Oh, oh Jacob Fowler. Yeah, uh, I, lo- I love his personality, his highlights. He's 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 a winner. I just hope he yeah. translates well. Like 
I have if no he translates days. well, oh my goodness. How many years? If he if he keeps performing, how many years? Mm-hmm. Three years. Two? Two, three? Uh, two, well, like, two years? I, two years would be, what, two college seasons for him? By the time Alan the uh, purchases his wheelchair, then we'll be fine. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I hope. Um, like, just because of a, um, a development perspective, I don't like how philadelphia i mean goalies die in philly but you know they rushed carter hart and i just don't want to rush this guy like just let him develop if you get him at a, if you get a goalie around 22 that's usually the age they come in like they don't come in like 18 or like 20 is is rare despite you know someone like carter hart coming in at that age but look at him now like they want to get rid of him because he sucks or whatever so um but they still expect like you know the world but with this guy, like because he's not a first overall pick or a first round pick, you know, let's just let's just develop him. And and if like it's, he's playing in Boston College, and everyone's apparently going there, like that team's stacked. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Hudson and the Canucks, um, the pick Wallinder going there, um, Fowler. There's like so many players. I should I'm, I'm gonna do some research on that actually. Then maybe that's something we bring into the next. Episode. We can do that, yeah. So that, I mean, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Carey Price here. Carey Price draft 2005, um, first full well full, first first full season with the Montreal Canadiens 2007. Two years in, 41 20? games. He, yeah, he was he, he played 41 games. Uh, the first okay, second so... year 52, 41, and then never ended. Yeah, but that but don't forget at that time the Montreal fans were considering trading him over Halak. All right. So, I'm 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 actually I also have to agree with you. I'm I'm very high on Fowler as well. Um, one thing that I the mini one small little thing that I'm gonna say negative about him, he reminds me just a little bit of Saros, in terms of going from corner to corner. Um, that's the only thing I don't like about his game, and that's why people are, are supposed to be developing. But he, if you notice, like in those highlights that we saw. He goes from corner to corner, from like the bottom right to the top left. He stretches really, really hard, and it takes him a long time to get there. So I'm hoping that he's yeah. gonna get developed uh, better than Saros. We don't need Saros. Well, you should get paid just as well as a scout because um, that is actually what they they consider him one of his uh, his weaknesses is is his his seriously is yeah his agility and his. Um, I didn't know that. I don't think it, I don't think it's his explosiveness, but he's very positionally sound. Um, yeah. I've heard someone say that he's got really good explosiveness. Um, I mean, I, to tell you the truth, Carey Price was the same. As much as like like this guy perfected butterfly, he perfected like like his stance was fantastic. But like like he always knows Carey Price when he went into the 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 posts or whatever. It was always like, I mean, his transition there was great because obviously this guy was fantastic, but like, especially in the past, like four or five seasons, you noticed that it was a little struggle, but I mean, he as jumped. long as you're you know, remember those, sound, the, those jumps that he did when he got up every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it was kind of an ed- educational moment as well for Habs fans watching Carey Price for 15 years. Um, they really know now what a good look, good goalie looks like. So they, it's pretty easy for them, like when they see, uh, you know, like Alan flopping like a fish or something, they, they say, oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so. Yeah. Um, 
Do you have anything to say, Colin? Not really. Not about the goaltending situation. Okay. I just... um, okay. You can't say you had nothing to say and then say something. So what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> just say it. No, no. You can go on. You can go on. Okay. I just wanted to move on. Um, I wanted to move on to something quick because Danny mentioned 2005. Um, because fifth overall, Carey Price, we all know. Can someone tell me who went 10th overall? I can cheat, but no, okay, I don't. don't cheat. Okay, I'm not Colin. <laughs> Colin, can you tell me who went 10th overall in 2005? In 2005, who went 10th? Uh, one of the Stall brothers. <laughs> no, no. So recently, and, and we might move past this pretty quickly, but I just want to put it out there and, and say my opinion about it. But um, uh, the Canucks signed Ian Cole. Um, who at the beginning of the season definitely was on was uh, on many people's hit lists for the news that came out about him. Um, I think we had him winning like the Mark Messier Leadership Award or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but he's a solid defenseman. I you know my Canucks friends are really high on him. I I tell them to chillax, but I guess it's just bias. Um, so he got drafted and he he picked number twenty eight. He got signed. You mean? Yeah, sorry. This is yeah, running on fumes. He got signed um, for uh, I believe a year, maybe something like that. They signed. They also signed Carson Susi, who I'm huge on. I love Carson Susi, but uh, Ian Cole is a good good pick. Uh, pick up. They got um, one so year three got him, One year three mil. So that's solid. Um, but the Canucks don't have a whole lot of cap space. Um, he, he got to Vancouver and he picked number 28. And there's also another thing tied to this I want to talk about. So we're just not going to talk about this. But he picked number 28. 28 belonged to the 10th overall pick in 2005 to the Canucks, who was Luc Bourdon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luc Bourdon, he passed away in 2008 uh, due to a motorcycle accident. Um, so, they, so they end up getting Ian Cole, and he picks number 28. Now, the thing about it, so he ends up, more of the, not more of the story, but the end of the story is he ends up switching it to 82 because he wasn't aware of his number or something like that, but he didn't know about his tragic passing. But he ends up switching it to 82 in respect for the family. Um, but a lot of Connects fans were very upset when they announced the, the number because people were like, that's really disrespectful. Did, did they announce it next year? That he was number 28? Yeah. Uh, they didn't say like, "Hey, he's wearing 28," but they posted a picture of them, and they 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 photoshopped their new jersey numbers into their okay. in them and Canucks jerseys, and everyone saw Ian Cole in the middle, and it said 28. So they're like, "That's disrespectful." Oh. My like, did no one tell it's him? Resolved now. That's the thing. So this is the thing I want to talk about. It shows you. I feel like this shows you how much current, not even just management, but just anyone in the in the who works for the team knows about the the team or the team history. I mean, you, you'd think that someone would have said, Hey, you know what? Like, I think that's kind of, you know, eh, like, Hey, like, you know, you're asking for trouble here, you know? Yeah. Like, like, like Gretzky is retired by the league, but like, you know, Montreal doesn't have his Jersey hanging up in the thing in the rafters or his number hanging up in the rafters, but it's just a sign of, like maybe it is a rule, but it's just like, hey, like ninety nine is off limits. But this, I feel like within the organization, it should be, yeah, you know what? And it is off limits. They, in respect to him, no one's going to wear that again. But you think so? Whoever, yeah, they're not going to give that away. Like, 
I mean, I, a question I've asked myself a few times, and I don't really want to get into this, but okay, I, I'm not going to get into it. I was just going to ask about insurance when it comes to certain, like when you pick these players and what happens if something happens to them. Um, I, I guess there's no insurance at all. I mean, something, a question that I saw on Twitter, and this is crazy, so don't, no one has to answer this, but what happens if your team dies? What happens? Like, We've seen what it happens? before. We've seen it before. We, we have seen it before, yeah. So I just, I don't know the insurance around that. But with this guy, I don't know if the Canucks got compensated because he only he, he was a big big left-handed defenseman. Um, seemed more defensive. So I, I don't know a whole lot about Luke Burdon, but I just know that he passed away. But I don't know. It just poses the question: Why? Why didn't anyone catch that? Like, why did people on Twitter have to catch that? Like, and and this is not like they made the announcement and everyone in the organization knew. They they probably figured out this guy's number when they signed him. Were you following? The, the the Canucks when this happened. Uh, was I like? Yeah, yeah I watched. was on. Were you watching? Oh no! Oh, because I'm looking oh, at his sorry, stats yeah. right now, and I'm seeing 27 games in the NHL, 41 in the AHL, and um, I'm not sure if he started the in the AHL or he finished the year in the AHL. Maybe he was depressed or something. I had no idea about this entire story, and I've been watching hockey for 25 years, so yeah. I have no idea. I I I wasn't following hockey at that time. Um, it seemed as if he was just – it looked like he needed a little more conditioning. He, he looked like he was playing well for – I, I don't know the style of game. Maybe I, I'm assuming he was uh, a defensive defenseman or more defensive guy. But 10th um, overall, and it's, it's notable just because you mentioned 2005, and I was like, oh, he was drafted in um, – No, it's a good point. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to hear like, the perspective of a, of a Vancouver – Fan on this, just to just to see, but um, I wasn't even aware of this. Maybe it was just because he was not a star and this happened and nobody knew about it. There was no social media or something? I have no idea. Yeah, I to tell you the truth, I mean, here I'll like I'll quickly read out the the statement and then we can kind of move on if no one has uh, um, an idea. Yeah, and we apologize for uh, any echoing because. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna beat up Colin after the podcast. By the time, <laughs> by the time uh, people are get used to this show, I, they're gonna, you know, like they're gonna download our, our our podcast and tune out the audio and then listen to it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's not a big deal, but if anyone's punching their stereo right now, um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But that's call, it's all Colin's fault. Um, uh, here, I'll just go into the statement. You so when how, I signed with well the Vancouver, we, treated, we, treat, we treat well our guests here. So. <laughs> yeah, we treat, we. <laughs> it's not like I didn't threaten uh, Sean's cat. Anyways, um, when I signed with the Vancouver Canucks, I was asked what number I wanted. I responded that I would love to wear twenty-eight, the number I've worn on my jersey since I was twelve and basically my whole professional career. When the selection was made public, I found out significance. Of the number so this is probably through fans um while i did not know luke nor did i know he wore 28 of the canucks i certainly remember his heartbreaking story and tragic passing out of respect to him and to honor his memory i've decided to change my jersey number to 82. so maybe maybe i i, I don't know if it was off limits for the canucks perhaps it was just off limits for him due to fan reaction 
like maybe it was him saying, you know what, I should respect this because maybe he could, maybe it was totally cool to Canucks and they said, hey, do what you want. If you want to switch to 82, go ahead and make another statement. Go ahead, go ahead. But if you want to stick with 28, it doesn't matter to us. What do you think the Canucks told him then? They're like, yeah, like you can try. Like we'll release the. <laughs> <laughs> we'll release I don't it. Think they're gonna... Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they just didn't tell yeah. him, apparently. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That just kind of poses the question of prof- professionalism in in the NHL. And it's good on him. I mean, it's a good look for him. I love I your and... point about about uh, the Vancouver current organization maybe not being in touch with its history and heritage. I, I love your yeah. point about that. That's not something that I thought about. You would think that every, every team is perfect and they, they have everything in order. But uh, can you imagine, like, the staff, like, they don't even know who the this Udon guy is and and uh, yeah and like yeah of course 128 yeah you got it yeah i know that's the thing that's the, the that's that's why i wanted to bring it up because it just kind of made me reflect and think well if the canucks are doing this you know do do some people from montreal who work for montreal not know who henry richard is or something like that like mm-hmm. you just you know they they work on that ceremony they did for them and they're like ah oh, who is this guy like i have to go watch highlights or something it's just like, you know, I think I it's like an it organization a... thing. The more that I'm thinking about it now, the more I'm realizing it's an organization thing. Um, if you had the Bergevank or, or organization still in place when uh, when Weber was traded to Arizona, I don't think Weidman would be wearing six the next day. You know? Uh, so, yeah, that's true. That's a good point, actually. So I don't know. I think it's an organization it's really thing. Point. So not sure. That's a really good point. I like that. Frolik, welcome aboard. Here's our previous captain's number. You know? <laughs> I know. We, I, we didn't save Kakanyami's number long enough. We should have saved it for long. We should have had an outrage. <laughs> yeah, we should have just said, don't uh, t- take it off. Take that number off your jersey, Alex. <laughs> Unacceptable. Take it here. off. That's that's for Yasperi only. Yeah, it's cursed, though, um, so you don't want that anyway. <laughs> yeah, the Pretty soon, Alex, thinks... Alex Newhook is going to skate like a giraffe and then like buy a seven-foot <laughs> seven stick. And... <laughs> Big horse. Do, 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 do cartwheels on the boards. And, and then pretty soon, they're going to have a mole like on his face like in yeah. three months. And... Be, best, be best friends with Lane Hudson talking about mint. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to Ottawa, and I'm going to Carolina. <laughs> I like it. Um, oh, okay, I'm done with that. Let's so. say a little bit more festive here. Um, your your best friend uh, Gallagher got. got <laughs> uh, you know, you've given me so much heck over the years about Gallagher. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's good for them. I don't know what that means for his career and his seriousness in the sport, but um, you guys have anything to say about that? I think he promised her um, when he retires, he's going to get his hairline fixed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, he, he would look... Okay, I was going to say he'd look... I love Gally, though. I, I was going to say he'd look good bald, but I'm sorry, Gally, but like he's got like like his his face. Like If you just look at his face, like his, like, you see his bones and stuff. Like, like I feel like... He's got some good skin bones. It's a compliment. Yeah, but like, it, that's true. But like his his eyebrows, you can see his like eyebrow bones. And like, oh my, like buddy. Like, so I don't think he'd pull off the bald look. But hey, he's just keeping it going. And he's he's thriving the the old you know the the hairline currently. Yeah, and he's also gonna uh, put up twenty this year. 
Yeah, we say that every year. So this is the thing. Okay, here's the thing. You know, uh, Danny here's Danny here is writing me for 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 saying that. uh, You know, I've been writing him for years here about uh, Gallagher. I've come to and 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 it's because I've watched him the past season. He can't keep up with the puck, and I feel like that's it. But I I don't know. Like he's kind of has he been restricted to? Okay, I'm saying restricted. I feel like he should be in the bottom six, but six. If we're going to have one bad contract, I don't mind him being the bad contract and he retires in Montreal, but I don't think he's going to retire in Montreal because if this guy puts up, you know, 10 goals and whatever, like I feel like he can be pretty serviceable for a lot of bottom sixers, six teams. Uh, it's going to be good like, for for player, for teams that I want to get to the floor, like San Jose yeah. and Arizona and stuff. I think I think the excuse I'll create for him is he was on a an off year because of uh, – He's been out of the top six now for like the first time ever in his career. So he's he's I, adapting to a new role. He has to figure out how to play and use his skill set in a different way. Now. Well, I mean, if we just imagine we moved like a pebble, and you know he still has Tatar and Dano, you know, is he? Does he have? Uh, he's welcome to join them. Sounds like LA don't need Dano anymore. You know, go ahead and yeah. San Jose and sign Tatar <laughs> to seven years and. <laughs> that's a Lou Lam- Lamorello contract. Yeah, seven years times a um, uh, league minimum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Lou comes out to the press and says, uh, "It's a crap contract. <laughs> uh, too long and too much money." Okay, yeah. you signed it, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, no, but like one thing I want to mention in terms of like the, the, the health of the podcast, like people are maybe under the impression that we're always like on sync, me and March. Like we disagree on a lot of things, and, and longest time that I've known him, Gallagher was one of the, the prime topics here. Gallagher, Duran, you name it. Got Kanyemi, Primo. Durant. You know, we've had uh, <laughs> uh, we've had our, our debates. So yeah, Gallagher is uh, look. Uh, I've I've given up like in terms of in a peaceful way, like in a very nice peaceful way. I've given up on Gallagher. Like it's like you said, like he's just gonna chill until the end of his contract. He pranks and, I know, like, I. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like him. I still consider him a, like. It's a very interesting situation. I like him as the uh, as a person. I like it when he's on the ice. It's just that he can't keep up with the puck, yeah. and he doesn't. He's not that thirty goal scorer. You're right. He's a twenty goal scorer. We'll see. I mean, listen. <laughs> if he comes out and scores twenty goals, I'm coming out, like episode whatever ninety or something. Mm-hmm. I'm coming out and being like, like that's it. Name him first line. Like and it also makes the, in Canada. The, the, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, if if Hoffman and Gallagher play the same amount of ga- games, who would score more goals? They would both be negative. <laughs> they both I, have I, more uh, own goals. I like Gallagher way more than, even though like I was so happy when we signed Hoffman, but I forgot that we had Burrows, so we don't have a power play for him to score on. Um. But anyways, we uh, spent yeah, more I'm, time I'm, on Bialiker than I thought. I mean, look, uh, let's see how things play out. Play out with him. Um, and congratulations on your, on uh, on, you know, she doesn't care. She is he wearing a hat in the photo? Yes, he is. Yes. Okay, so, you know, listen, don't worry, man. Like it happens. You know, you, he's been wearing a helmet his whole life, so it's probably ruined his hair. Um, uh, I can, I can, know. since I'm a, I'm a Sergeyev uh, fan. That time that he threw him in on, on the ice and scraped his head in the finals, that's when he started getting bold. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Oh, okay. Um, what the? F okay. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but Gallagher is better than Sergeyev. Well, let's not go crazy here. That's known. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyways, okay. The last thing I want to say about this: Did you guys know that the, the specific spot is where either him or his new wife, new uh, fiance, uh, their parents got married? Exact same spot. I don't know uh, which I, one. Both sets. This, this this really looks like. I, I'm hoping this is in BC because he spends my, uh, his time in Suwasan. But do you know where exactly this photo is? No, I don't. Oh, okay, because like he lives out in the he lives here in the summer in Vancouver. He lives in a place called Suwasan, which is near the ferry terminal. It's a nice place, flat area. A lot of rich people live out there. Um, it's a decent neighborhood. Uh, it's really far from things. So, but I. There was, I remember there's a video a few years ago, Montreal's uh, YouTube channel made, uh, doing like a day in, in Gallagher's life. Yeah. And he went to like the gym with his dad and stuff like that. And like, I, it was great because I recognized everything. Like he was driving through Delta, BC, and, you know, he's going to this gym. I, I've seen that gym. So I don't know. Maybe this looks, you know, just with the pine trees in the background, this looks like BC. I'm going to be biased here and say he's in BC. Yeah. All I know is I think it's either his new fiance or himself. Their parents, they got they they proposed in that exact same spot. That's all I also, he could he couldn't move over like two inches. Do you see this photo? Like his knee is right in the gravel. Like that's that's it. he's out for two months. <laughs> Look at this. he's probably got up and it's bleeding and just move like there's concrete to the right. There's like little pebbles attached to his knee. <laughs> yeah, Gallagher uh, undisclosed un indefinite out indefinitely. Or body injury. The LTIR. <laughs> um, okay, one man. thing I want to mention is, um, so yeah, I'm just going to change topics here. Um, <laughs> I was watching another episode of uh, the Spin Chicklets. Um, this was an episode, well, an interview. I don't know about the episode, but there was definitely an interview done before the draft with the top three picks, if I believe if I'm correct. And at the time, they interviewed Leo Carlson, Leonard. And obviously, uh, no, not Bernard Sardi, and uh, and uh, Fantilli. And mm -hmm. I invite, I strongly invite people to watch that episode with Fantilli. I'm telling you right now, I have a feeling about this guy. We're about to have a significant presence, a big personality in the league. With this guy. I agree. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling I you. agree, and and I haven't even watched that uh, episode. You watch him, you get to know him. You, I have no idea what the hell he's going to do in, in a uh, you know what hole in in, in in Columbus. I am so pissed was, that he is stuck over there. To be honest, I was gonna say, um, it's it, I guess they got a good track record with third overall picks, um, and and because yeah. I'm just saying it because uh, they well have not Dubois. I'm just talking about like spitting chicklets and third overall picks because Kirby Doc had a um, interview with spitting chicklets few years ago based on your recommendations I, I watched that. exactly and it was really fantastic but i'm gonna give that one a watch um he seems like a really so good personality good. it is so yeah. good i could not like following that i i i, I tried watching the the, the the interview with leo and and uh, leonard and i could not even get past like three minutes i turned it off but um that that fantilli one this guy is he hasn't even played the game in the league and he's full of stories like he retired yesterday. Uh, mm. It's insane. I'm telling you, right? He comes from a great family, great guy. I love the way he speaks and, and things he talks about. 
Um, the only kind of surprise I'm going to kind of spoil here for people who are going to watch it. Um, you know who's his favorite coach or development coach? Babcock. No. Um, Adam Nicholas. Who plays oh, okay. Works for the <laughs> okay, I'm just, okay, I just threw that name out there. I didn't, I'm actually thinking Babcock. Okay, Adam Nicholas, who I talked about, I think, last. No, did I ever talk about him? We didn't yet. I mean, we will have to talk about him at some point. But apparently, this guy is unbelievable. Oh, no, no, no. I, uh, Dude, don't get me started on Adam Nicholas, man. Dude, so he, he gave him a very high price. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He uh, Now, we'll, we're not going to get into... I don't know if you want to get into Adam Nicholas, but um, let's just say that when Lane Hudson was with... I forgot what university he played for. Boston. Can someone remind Boston me? College. We can just, we can Boston just say Boston. Boston and with Kent Hughes, you can just say Boston. BU, BU, sure. Boston <laughs> yeah. Montreal, just any Montreal prospect, just say Boston. You're probably right. Um, okay, so apparently when he was playing over there, Adam Nicholas would send him uh, footage back. He would tell him how, what to work on. He would... Um, Elaine Hudson only had pr- high praise for this guy. Uh, I posted it on my Twitter not too long ago because mm-hmm. this is a guy that he, David Reinbacher is going to be working with. Yeah. He's a skills coach, but he works so well with the skating techniques as well. His skating techniques are fantastic. Because if I, I will say this, since we've hired him, I, I like I haven't seen, well, I'm, I'm, someone skate like Kakanyemi, but we like our defense are very fluid skaters. They're not as fast, but they've got really good transitions. Um, and you know, Their someone him working with like. Yeah, like they 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 work real well behind the net. The only thing is, like, like Montreal just can't get out of their own zone. But um, this guy is a—he only has high praise from everybody. So I'm just happy that we have him. That's—I think he worked with Toronto before we. I have no idea. We, yeah, I think he came from Toronto, the Leafs, and he came here. Okay. Colin, do you want to be our listen? Colin, if if I'm asking you questions and you don't know the answers, don't feel bad. But you know, we our first guest was. Uh, an insider, so yeah. usually this is it's oh, basically Sean McKenzie. Uh, it's hard to keep up with, yeah, <laughs> Sean McKenzie. Yeah, Sean McKenzie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he came from there, and but I, I also agree. High, high praise. And we'll see what he does in the summer. Hopefully, I saw a picture with him and Reinbacher uh, lately, so we'll see if there's anything that more comes out of on Adam Nicholas. Um, what else do you, do you have anything uh, you want to talk about, March? Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Um, what did you mean by okay, this? This could be like a thirty-second conversation here. What did you mean by Taves to Montreal? So it was just kind <laughs> of an idea. It's it's you know we, we talked about oh he's not signed. Rumors. He didn't sign. Did he sign yet? No, no, he's not signed yet. No, he's not exactly. We don't even know if he's gonna play. Well, that's the thing. Like I was trying, like I was thinking about it basically when when those rumors came out for O'Reilly, um, Habs players wanting to have him, and, and we had this conversation on the podcast saying that, you know, we should um, have O'Reilly for his leadership and winning faceoffs and stuff, which is uh-huh. fine and sexy and all. But like, I was thinking that uh, we could have the same thing because keep in mind, Jonathan Davis, his mom is from Montreal. In a sense, for him to come over. He's, he's done it all. He's made all the money in the world. He's won all the cups in the world. I don't know what else he has to prove other than 
just have one last you know go out like with a on a positive note and i think yeah. being somewhere like in montreal maybe at a, at a league minimum kind of a cory perry kind of deal thing you know i don't expect him to sign for the same money as pizzetta i mean he's obviously going to cost mm-hmm. more but not more than monahan and this guy would bring like unbelievable value for our team that's just my opinion the only reason i i brought this up is because when you've and just for everyone he texted me this yeah. and um, I guess just as an idea for or a bookmark for him to remember, yeah. but uh, I immediately thought we signed him. So I was like looking everywhere, like where is he? Yeah, um, it, it, no. kind of, it was kind of an insider styled uh, text. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Taves to Montreal. Taves to Montreal. Uh, if I, I should have said that, Mon, like uh, Elliot. Yeah, <laughs> Taves to Mon. <laughs> yeah, Taves to Mon. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I just wanted to bring something up. So a big thing that came out in the league um, was a certain trade. Uh, Alex Debrinket goes to Detroit for Dominic Kubelik, Donovan Sabrango or Sabranjo. Uh, condition- <laughs> I like Sabranjo. <laughs> Let's keep Sabranjo. <laughs> conditional 2024 first round pick. Um, and so they can choose between Boston's first round pick or, or their own because I think Detroit has two. And um, a fourth round pick, which belongs to Detroit. So essentially, uh, possibly a non-lottery draft pick. And Dominic Kubalik and Donovan Sabranjo, who I don't know who that is exactly. But uh, for Alex Dabrinkit, who I believe didn't score 40 last year. I think he's scored 26. Am I, am I losing my mind here? Or I saw somewhere that he didn't score as many. Colin, do you know much about uh, Dabrinka? Do you have any? Um, yeah, uh, I know that when he used to play in Chicago, my older brother told me that he said that Caulfield was going to be better than him when he was older, and I do not know where my older brother pulled that tweet, uh, that uh, quote from, but it definitely uh, made me feel pretty good about Caulfield. And ever since that day, my opinion on Alex Burnett has been tainted. I think he scores the quietest goals of all time. Like he scores all these goals and I don't see any, I never see any highlights throughout the season. Like how many Alex Burnett highlights did you see last year outside of when he was playing against Montreal? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to say the same thing to tell you the truth. I didn't think uh, he was going to be better than the Brinkett. I was hoping he would be better Brinkett because at the time, when uh, Caulfield got drafted, um, he had his 40. Yeah. He already had his 40 goal season in uh, Chicago. So uh, I was like, wow, if we can get to this, you know, another small player like Debrinket is, you know, same height. Uh, Caulfield's heavier, but um, to tell you the truth, I think Caulfield surpasses this guy. Of course. Uh, so, uh, but he's a go- he's he's a decent goal scorer. But it, I'm glad you brought up the whole idea of quiet. He seems quite one dimensional. I mean, minus 31 last season, and he was playing. Was he playing with Tim Stutzla? Yeah, I don't know. No, I think uh, he, he was, played, uh, he was with Giroud. And your mind was with Giroud. That doesn't seem possible. Was Giroud? Wasn't Giroud was Tim Stutzla on the wing, or Stutzla was center? Anyways, not all this guy played fans. in the top six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is great. Um, yeah, he so he scored sixty six points in eighty two games. He only hit twenty seven goals. He had forty one last season. I mean, this guy can score forty. 
I mean, he's a be- he's obviously a better goal scorer than Pacioretty already. However, like like Pacioretty, well, I, I'm not gonna say that actually. Um, I was gonna say Pacioretty did, did other things really great, but really. Um, yeah. So this guy is just a like a really small one dimensional guy who isn't too too consistent. Now, for me to say he's already better than Debrinket Caulfield, it's I mean he hasn't scored forty yet. He's only scored twenty seven or something. So, but I just see, but, but Caulfield's a lot more clutch because you brought up that idea of like, this guy hasn't really scored any, I mean, I don't know how many game winning goals this guy scored, but I don't think a whole lot. I just think that like the, the, the price they paid for this guy speaks volumes because he wasn't like Kubelik is decent, but four Kubelik is not. Too. And yeah, it's a four year deal. So Iserman, yeah. What's he doing? Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> he's I don't breaking know. the team. He like he brings up know. rookies and he sees it not go well, and then he trades the rookies away, and then he brings up a new set of rookies and hopes that they <laughs> do well. That's like, the Iser- uh, Iserman, Trotz, and that guy in Anaheim. Uh, I forgot his name. Um, Verbeek. Verbeek. I think they've all got this. They have a group chat together, and they say, hmm. and the group chat title is called rebuild but not really (laughs) and it's like okay we get the good draft pick and let's sign every ufa out there yeah exactly and and what do you mean we're losing (laughs) we got cop and charat what do you mean we're losing (laughs) yeah we got uh we got ryan o'reilly number one center uh My opinion of this Debrinket trade, I'm, I've never been a fan of Debrinket. You know me, I'm not, he's not my type of player. I actually, well, Caulfield is also not my type of player, but I love Caulfield. Um, mm-hmm. I think Caulfield is clutch. <laughs> Caulfield no bias. That's what they're saying, no bias. But, I mean, he has a personality. Like, Caulfield, like, I love He celebrates, he does good things, he scores timely goals. Like uh, Colin said, Debrinket, you never really see a highlight of this guy. Um, Caulfield can score in the backhand, wrist shot, slap shot, um, any way you like, you know. Um, and I think he's a pretty good playmaker as well. And he's done a couple things good defense. He has some decent takeaways that lead to scoring chances. So, but another reason why I'm not a fan of this, like in terms of positional needs, like I know well, one thing I, I was actually wrong about. I was I got pretty excited about this trade when I saw it because for for whatever reason I thought Kubalik was German. I'm not sure why I had to verify I had to verify his nationality, but I got excited okay. having like a, a German player come with Stutzle on the left wing. Um, other than Brady and Matthew Joseph, Ottawa didn't have any left wings. Um, with Kubalek coming in, he scored 30 before. He can maybe do it again. He's coming into his prime. Uh, cost a lot less, um, in my opinion. Look, Detroit are going to get what they want because it's a hometown guy. Maybe he's going to fold. Maybe he's going to shine. Um, but Kuba League is nothing to sneeze at, plus a first-round pick that might end up something. So, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think uh, Ottawa wins this. Um, do you – go ahead, Colin. Do you really think that Ottawa and Detroit – well, not even Detroit. I, don't, I wouldn't consider them at all. Do you think Ottawa's that far ahead of us at all? No. I don't really think they're that much – farther ahead of us well uh, well i'm gonna maybe uh sorry march for throwing you under the bus here but do you want to talk about your, your tweet today about uh stutzla and, and, and suzuki oh wow yeah you're the one of like four people who saw that yeah so i mean 
to your point oh, about I saw that, that I too. Mean, yeah, so to your point about that, do we think we're ahead or not? Uh, I'm just trying to think here. You know what? Hold on, give me I'll something. answer your question. Not even ahead, but like, do you think? Do you think like, like, I don't know how to explain. Like, it's not going to be like every single year we play them four times. They win three games. We win one game for seven years straight. Like they just dominate us because of whatever reason. Like that type of domination, just team to team based domination. Because like, then the standings will follow. But the if, standings if I if I was a that. if I was magically this billionaire and I was told, hey. Pick your whatever team you want. You can pick Detroit or Ottawa or Montreal. I would go with Montreal given what's happening right now with, with the Can't Use era. And I, I don't get the sense that there's this type of setup with DJ Smith and Dorian at the, uh, you know, maybe with the new ownership things. Are I mean, it's change. just so, un- it's so, it's so unstable over there too. You're right. It's it like the whole I, ownership, like that's. If it wasn't for Brady and Stuzma, it has to affect it a little I think bit. this this rebuild is a disaster. Yeah, I was going to say... But they didn't have Norris so, as well last year, I, I guess, too. Yeah, so I was just going to say so, this, okay? So I'm going to talk about the tweet that Danny mentioned. So I'm a huge, 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 huge Suzuki fan. And I and they did it, and I don't know what Twitter page did this, but they said, okay, you know, first, first poll, you know, Stutzla or Suzuki. And obviously this is just a game clicks and comments because uh, this just creates a fight um i mean i'm the first guy to call stutzla a diver or whatever because i don't like senators at all and um stutzla is way better offensively he's a way i think he's he's more skilled in some senses suzuki has flashes of skill i mean when he's in the shootout the guy looks like uh, patrick kane but i just feel like stutzla is i don't know if he's He's apparently he's a pretty good center as well, so I'm not going to just call him one dimensional here, but he's very like he had 96 points or something like that. Like the, I feel like him he should be in the conversation between Pedersen and with Pedersen, not Suzuki. So Suzuki, I think he can be a one a, a 1A or one B, but he's not. We've known this since he's come into the league. He's not like we like the comparisons were Bergeron. They were never. Uh, McDavid, like the the offensive talent, like this guy, he's skilled, but he's a support player. So, wh- who would I go with? Um, I'd go with Stutzla. But when it comes to the overall teams, uh, Montreal Senators, I think I forgot who brought it up just now, but they make a good point that the the direction is Montreal has a set direction. I think, even though some some people are a bit confused based on our draft pick. But there's a set direction. Okay, we didn't sign anybody in the like we signed. Uh, who the hell did we sign? Uh, uh, Mitchell Stevens. Wow, wow. Okay, like there you go. That's you know. But and they're bringing over Tarasenko. But it's like they've got a good roster. They got their center core pretty, pretty, pretty buffed out here. They got Josh Norris, who's a comparison to Suzuki, but he's a second line center here. It's Stutzla is number one. They got Shane Pinto on the third. Their wingers need some some improvement. Um, but it's not do you the think they have thousand. a good goalie now? Who did they get? Corpusalo. Oh, Corpusalo. Uh, to be determined. I like Corpusalo, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, all of a sudden they're buying him out in two years. Like it's it's very effy. The defense is good. However, I completely forgot about Jacob Chikrin. Mm-hmm. I don't care about him to tell you the truth. Um, but he's that's a good pairing. There's Shabbat and Sanderson. I both like them. 
Uh, Sanderson's decent. They got Artem Zub is very similar. When I look at Artem Zub, I compare him a little bit to like uh, like a Shernak. Like it's um oh maybe like a like a light Shernak. Like I, I give Shernak a lot of credit. I give I give Tampa Bay a lot of credit. But Montreal doesn't have well, Montreal does have a good de- defense score, but it's not like you know Shabbat and and actually did. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you. I'll take I'll take the Habs. Uh... Okay, well, I, I I never made my choice here, by the way. I wasn't <laughs> have you, have you tried making a choice? I, you, you, have you tried not cutting me off? Um, <laughs> I, I would definitely, I think I'd go Montreal. Because Montreal has a, 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 a plan, in a sense, they have a direction. Ottawa has been for, I don't know how many years now, like a few, several years. And even now, like they, Dorian came out and said, hey, um, we're going to be playing meaningful hockey in April. What? Like you've been saying this for like, like this, I'm sorry, but like as much as you want to say, but this roster in the Atlantic division (laughs) is maybe probably or likely not making the wild card. I mean, the, this is two, two divisions that are stacked still. So I don't know. I don't see it. The East is insane. (laughs) Well, how do you get through the the East? Yeah. Well, the, don't forget a lot of like everyone at the trade deadline came East. Like they all moved east, like, but the, it, but it was a Western team that won the cup, which is funny. Um, yeah, I I take Montreal in this sense, but I do like their roster. I do love their centers. I think that's what Montreal should should aim for. If they had someone like Tim Stutzla, maybe not someone who dived as much as him, mm-hmm. but he draws penalties. Like if you're if like this is a type of player that if you're a Sens fan, you love him because he does the stuff. As much as you might be embarrassed about it, or or whether you're not and you don't give <laughs> give a crap, I mean that's up to you. And you want to go on Twitter and stuff, but if you, Tim Stutzla, like this guy is, he, he's he's very and he's and it, it's complimentary to someone like Kachuk and and to have Giroux on that line. I mean, look like Kachuk, Stutzla, and Giroux, Caulfield, uh, Suzuki, Anderson. It's like okay, Anderson's like uh, well, quote unquote veteran. Stutzla, Caulfield, offensive. Brady Kachuk, he's definitely different than Suzuki, but it's it's not that super scoring offensive. He's got a different part to his game. But I'm taking – do I take that line over the one we have? Uh, with Anderson on it, yes. But if you put like someone Slavkovsky instead of Anderson and Slavkovsky turns out to be like a Rantanen who's like physical, I take that. But you do need someone who can score like 96 points, I think. But the, pro- the problem becomes Toronto where you then sign this guy – to like 11 mil and you sign your shine Josh Norris to 11 mil and you sign Shane Pinto to 11 mil. You have everyone, everyone gets 11 million. Um, then it's like, you don't have any cap space for anything. So I don't know. I think teams without the, the super scoring talent are more resilient, but you have to make it to the playoffs to be resilient. If you can't make the playoffs without the scoring talent, then you're missing something. So I don't know. I probably didn't answer any questions here. I've just kind of gone on a, on a rant. Um, or or an or an epilogue or a, a thesis statement about uh, Tim Stutzla, but I don't know. It's it's not it's not too bad, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. There and sorry. It's just if uh, you have to pick between the players, it's, it's uh, if you have to pick between the teams, it's Montreal. But Montreal, the thing with Montreal is like Ottawa. Like I know they're I compare like we're comparing the two. Like Ottawa is like probably like what two years ahead of Montreal. Um, yeah, yeah. Like they're kind of like. They're getting to about where they're going to be. Montreal would is you, like 
the players on Montreal, like the rookies, like they're kind of still as good as you can make them in your head, like in hypotheticals. Like Montreal, like they're kind of not like they're not anywhere close to being fully developed yet. So they can either remain the same, which is bad, or they can get better. Like, would you say that? Would you say that? Well, sure. Like they're two steps ahead, but I almost take the ideology that Montreal has. Okay, like up until we fired Bergevin, it was like a step back, step back, step forward. But it's like, okay, step forward, step forward. But Ottawa's kind of been like one step forward, one step back, or just no steps at all. I agree. It's kind of like, okay. So like Montreal, I think, is closing in, but and Ottawa's staying in the same place. They got a decent, decent pro- – like their prospects are in their system. Like they're, they're up in the team. Now what are you going to do with it? Well, you're signing Tarasenko. Okay, well, I guess – that moves Kubalik down, or or you know Jake Batherson goes to prison, or whatever, um, you know. And their bottom six wingers are not that great. I think I'd take in Montreal's over the hours. Um I'm not sure about I, Tarasenko. Is he officially signed though? It's a it's it's you said that it's twice. A, yeah, am I missing something? It's, a, it's officially rumored that uh-huh. like so it is. Uh, re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, a one year deal of Ottawa apparently. And this is all about mentioning Buffalo. Look, yeah, it's true. um, Detroit and Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, Montreal. I I said this briefly last last episode, and I'll say it again. Giff can't use the time because in the short year and a half, two years that he's been here, he has accomplished unbelievable things. He has replenished the goalie situation. He solidified the defense core. With, we went from having Mayu as our best one to having Lynn Hudson and Reinbacker. He got us stock. Maybe Newhook is going to be a third center. Um, you never know. Maybe he's going to be a left wing, a successful left wing for, for both players up top. But from my perspective, he hasn't even taken a look yet at, at the forward group. I think he's just buying time while these bad, bad contracts expire. And just watch out when he decides to go... I think that's what's happening is defensemen, they cost a lot of money and they're unavailable. So you draft them and you develop them and, and, you, and you solidify your defense core. But the attack, build with good um, good depth and then you sign one or two UFAs, quality ones, and then you're off to the moon. You know? Yeah, that's what's happening with, with, with the can situation. And Ottawa cannot say the same thing about themselves. They're here trading left and right and they're getting the Brinkett guy, and they don't even know if he likes Ottawa. And like, it's there's no there's no homework. <laughs> he, that's true. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, like he didn't. He didn't. I mean, Giroux. Right, yeah, yeah. He's, he's what uh, forty seven years there. old, and yeah, I know he's from there, <laughs> but like, he's forty seven years old. Like, what do you want from him? And he played yeah. pretty well, but like, still, you think yeah. next year is going to be the same? No, it's going to be worse. So, anyways, I I think people should not downplay the Kubalik. Um, if he even gets close to 20 goals or 25 goals, then it, do- it doesn't justify the package for the breaker. I, I will just end that conversation off with, and this is obviously something I'd like to dive into in another episode, and Colin's definitely welcome back if, yeah. if he's interested for this kind of conversation, but I'd like to look at the Iser plan, what the Iser plan used to be and what the Iser plan is now, and what the Iser plan <laughs> will be. Finding the ISER plans can be like finding the source of COVID. No one, you're never going to find it. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, a COVID, what's that? Um, Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new um, one, by the way, I think. Okay, the, listen, uh, we're not a medical <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> they want to talk about uh, uh, Justin Trudeau's pancaking flipping skills? Oh, yes, That's 100%. <laughs> 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 oh, so I wanted to talk about that, and I wanted maybe Colin can, we can talk about it now because, yeah, um, I want to hear about that. Yeah, uh, so Cambridge. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, what's the what's the Cambridge uh, rodeo like? Because um, we were discussing um, this Calgary Stampede. Uh, Danny, you had some thoughts on the Calgary Stampede. You were there. Um, I I had a couple friends that went there, um, but I didn't because I think it's it's not my jam. And I, we have something not I guess we'd have something similar here, but it's definitely a lot easier to access. Um, you said you mentioned something about Montreal having something like that. I guess every city would have something like this. I'd also like to ask Colin uh, what his thoughts are on you know like maybe what's around Cambridge and or you know in terms of. Not necessarily like uh, bull riding here, but um, yeah. what so something of, what along kind of similar, similar activities, lines. festivals, carnivals, and stuff like that. Do you guys oh my goodness, maybe not have... in Cambridge, but like, what do you what do you guys usually go to? There's like country music festivals called Boots Boots and Hearts. Sorry, I almost called it Boots and Darts because that's what everyone calls it. It's just a <laughs> bunch of country artists that come come down. Uh, I believe just uh, north of Toronto. I want to say I've never actually been by here, but every year and. It's uh, just a big concert. I've never been to a concert. Not my thing, but may have to go to one eventually. But me too. Booze and Hearts is a big, big thing in the summer. There's some like EDM festivals that people really get into. Uh, that's the EDM festivals are just insane. I see like all the social media posts about them. I mean, just mm. like golf, like there's a lot of golf, a lot of golf around Cambridge. Yeah. So that's what everyone like just golf and then like especially like from like there's some waterfalls around too. Uh we got the Great Lakes. So you can go out to uh some boats and just hang out at the beach for the day. Uh just uh pretty casual summer activities. You probably you can do pretty much any of them anywhere in Canada except for maybe the concerts, so uh Danny, what are your thoughts on the Calgary Stampede? I have a love and hate relationship with the uh, with the Calgary Stampede. Um, for those that don't know, I moved to Calgary just before COVID, and I experienced the whole COVID era in Calgary. Um, the Stampede was cancelled in 2020 for the first time in 100 years because of COVID. Um, when it picked up again the following year, I went there. There were still some restrictions and, and, and whatnot, but uh, my experience was pretty positive. Um, I went to the rodeo. The rodeo, for those that don't know, um, the way that it's seated, just you know, Google like Stampede Rodeo Show, and you'll see how the seats are configured. And they're, in my opinion, like I had good seats. Like I spent some good money on it. I mean, I don't remember the exact amount, but I think it was like two sixty or two seventy or two three hundred bucks, like for um, for those tickets. Um, I was thinking I'm gonna get like this fantastic seat, and and yeah, if if people are listening, like just Google the pictures of the of that stadium of that that whole venue there. Um, you're so far away from the action, but it's such a mm. unique show for people like to go in the West uh, to go see the Stampede because it's a very unique thing. But in Quebec, we did have something similar to that. Um, it's called the Sentit Festival, and yeah, and um, 
the uh, it's just like not even it's a fraction of the price. Kind of reminds me of what Colin said about the the Maple Leafs tickets uh, prices. Um, and you go there, and I and I showed you a bunch like those pictures of where where, where you can sit in that in the Quebec Rodeo one. Um, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Um, but no. the Stampede is good. Like I went the second year, the, the the year after with friends, and they had like a kids with them. So it was all about the kids and rides and stuff. That's why I kind of had like love-hate relationship with it. I did have a good time. The food is okay. Um, overpriced, obviously, but um, the only reason why I still have my hopes up with the Stampede is I haven't experienced it yet the way that I think it's supposed to be experienced by people my age, um, like in group of friends and going to very late concerts and, and such. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to give them credit for this year. They have an unbelievable lineup um, other than Trudeau and Poliev showing up. P.K. Sudan <laughs> was there. Uh, Pitbull oh, yeah. was there. A lot of big big name uh, celebrities as well. I'm not the biggest like source on of information on this kind of thing, um, but it's also been raining and super hot here. It's either raining or super hot. So, but yeah, I mean, we talked about it for a long, a lot of time, me and you, uh, about different, <laughs> different festivals in different cities. Um, yeah, it's just a combination. The whole thing. yeah. We have um, here in Vancouver, we have something called the PE, the Pacific National Exhibition. Um, love hate relationship. It's the same thing every year. They've taken things away from it that made it really great. However, I go there because they have really great ribs. It's a fun thing to do. They got a lot of little sideshows that are free. Uh, they got like motocross things. They've got um, uh, super dogs. You probably get those all over Canada, but they've been there since like the, oh, yeah. the, eight, the 18th century. Um, it's like you know you got um i i do like like also overpriced i mean what else is is new it's accessible yeah. by transit um i think it's a fun thing to do they've got to, right next to it it's a, it's a different entity but it all technically belongs to the same thing um it's called playland and they're totally doing an upgrade it's going to turn into like am i going to say six flags no but we used to have we have this wooden roller coaster here and it's like it, it it's notorious. Like if you ever talk about the wooden roller coaster in Vancouver, everyone knows what it is because it's literally just this wooden roller coaster. That's, that's like, it's pretty fun to be on pretty scary because it's just one bar that holds you. And like, if you're my first ever experience on it, I was in the back by myself. I would, my, my entire butt was off the seat. I was like, I, I almost died. So, (laughs) but you, as you're riding is literally rotten wood nailed together. Like that is the whole, that's what's supporting you. And and obviously there's probably something else that's hidden, but they make it look as bad as possible. Yeah. And um, we used to have a thing called the corkscrew, which is a red roller coaster that like does flips and stuff. Um, they got rid of that one because what they're doing is they're expanding Playland and they're turning it into almost a theme uh, park. And they're going to be adding six new roller coasters, including a launch coaster. They're going to be including a, um, I forgot what they called it. It's like where you hang underneath the the tracks on the coaster um so it's going to be a totally different experience but like i said it's not necessarily connected to the, it, it's literally connected to the peony you can walk to the P, the playland from the peony they're the same piece of property except i think playland is like the peony is not for profit it's it's run by somebody the city or something and playland i don't think is i i'm not too sure but totally different entities but um, one's doing these great upgrades and the peony is just kind of in the same every year, but yeah. And we have a Cloverdale rodeo in terms of like rodeos. Um, you, you'd have to drive a little bit 
but it's it's very similar to what you explained in Montreal. You got good seats. You I've never been, but I've heard really good things about it. It's 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 a big event, but it's not like like national. Like it's just like every like the locals all come to it. Uh, maybe a few people from other cities will come, but like that's about it. It's not like you know pit bulls are playing there. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's probably a bulldog or something. Um, so yeah, I was totally expecting more people to laugh at my bulldog joke. Oh, anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah so enough of uh, bulldog and pitbull um yeah so i don't know what I've, like this is also another thing I, I like learning about and danny as well is just kind of because i've never been to <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> saying you're <laughs> cambridge um i've never been to i've never been to england um <laughs> mate <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to England, mate. That's um, fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's really fascinating learning about that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, not a very happening place. Just close to Toronto. That's, like, the only thing that we got going wait until for us. The, wait until the, the girlfriend uh, uh, drags you along, I call it. You'll, you'll, you'll be in Taylor Swift uh, shows in North Island. Oh, she's not a Taylor Swift Swift fan, so I don't have to really worry oh, about. Oh, you got that a good one. Uh, she's yeah, not a Swifty. I, not a Swifty, but I feel like if the opportunity presented itself, I, like I don't know who would say no. I wouldn't. I <laughs> uh, would. I pay like thousands of dollars. No, but no, I wouldn't. Like, pay. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the same. Yeah. If you were like on the same one boat on, a, on a radio show or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. I I haven't been to concerts, uh, but there's a few times, like. Every concert that plays here, like like downtown, is like Paul McCartney and and like it's like like a thousand dollars to sit outside the arena. It's like yeah, it's impossible. So I, I might have to look at. I, I wanted to do a comedy show though. I'm a huge fan of some um, yeah, comedics. Oh, comedians, oh yeah, me too. Comedians that I really want to go see when they come here. Some of them aren't coming here. Like for anyone watching, I'm a huge fan of Bill Burr. I love that guy. He's like the, like it's just it's not necessarily what he talks about. It's just like his 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 attitude and the way he he says things. There's like obviously great ones like I like his content but too. Yeah. His his content's good as well. But just in in general, it's just like the the way he just like he swears every all the time. And it's just yeah. it's just funny. I'd love to be. I'd love to go to one of his his. Uh, I don't want to go to. There's a couple of them I really like, but I'm scared to go to them. You can't sit front row with these, some of these comedians because they'll look at you and they'll point you out and just use you as their skit for the next 10 minutes. And I would never want to ever do that. It's like, hey, what's your name? I just walk out. Like if I said, hey, what's your like, what's your name? And I started saying, yeah. And he started making fun of <laughs> just like, oh, no. Like, so I don't know. I, but we'll see. I mean, we got some good, good uh, comedy clubs here. So I should go check that out before I get uh, cranky and old. That's that's like all well, the newer comedians that like point people out in the front row and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I find like a lot of them. It's, it's called ones. working the crowd. Yeah. This guy well. is, uh, yeah. Danny used to be a comedian. <laughs> he used to be a failed yeah. comedian. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, um, speaking of, uh, comedy here, um, let's, um, let's tackle a few rapid fire topics here. Um, okay. End the episode here. Um, one thing about, you know, having some closure about that whole Drew situation, going to Colorado and seeing him with the Colorado gear and all that. 
Um, I'm not going to go to that. You know me, what was my position on, on Roy and all that. And there's, no, there's nothing to, to gain from discussing that at this point. Um, the only thing I want to say about this is it, while this whole thing was being talked about, uh, this whole media thing shed some light on some work that the Canadians did as soon as he signed and was traded to Montreal. Uh, I'm not sure if you both know about this, and I invite my listeners to uh, to go look at that uh, on YouTube. Um, the Habs actually like did a trick on people in the old port of Montreal, and they walked around with Rowan pretending to be like a Habs employee, and they was interviewing like the people and saying, hey, "Yeah, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen yep. that before?" I have. Yep. Okay, I didn't know about this. I actually didn't know. I've never heard of this. Mm. But uh, Eric Engels was uh, attributing that. Uh, that interview as kind of setting things the wrong way from the get-go with all these fans doing nothing, uh, obviously not even recognizing the guy and saying he's going to score 50 goals. And for the average Joe just listening to this, and I think things really got out of hand really, really quickly uh, when it comes to drawing. But, I mean, I don't want to sound make this sound like a funeral here. I, it's kind of a festive thing. It's a very funny thing for people to go watch. Um, and, yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that hung us the boy from the mic here uh, i was just gonna say that um yeah i mean his expectations are extremely high uh instant like like this was just trading for a number one center who wasn't a number one center wasn't even a so, center uh, yeah he wasn't even a center so it's kind of like he's already screwed from the get-go i felt bad for him he had a decent contract i i thought he performed he underperformed in terms of expectations but i did like uh, lots of things or a few things that came from him. Um, overall, I just think that like the best place this guy could have went to is Colorado. Like this is why the guy's going there for like peanuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm telling you, man, like if the coach says, Hey, you know what? Let's try him with McKinnon. Oh, I mean, they're going to, I, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to put this in paper in stone and say, listen, I think he's going to, it really exceed there and he's going to have a really good role and they're going to put him on some power play. Hopefully if they put him on the first, like this is, this is such a good opportunity for him to, to reestablish himself oh, yeah. in, a, in a really good talent. Um, if he went to Arizona, that's it. Career's over. But um, I, like I said, Colorado, just because of his history of uh, McKinnon, um, they were like electric together. And uh, it's like, it's like the, you know, fast and furious, seven where like they go the different ways on the road yeah. you know like he went into like but like instead like drone went into like a ditch so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think now he's finally you know they call the tow truck and he's back on with the uh, mckinnon um well yeah, it's, it's I, make it or break it in my opinion i mean if he makes yeah. it great and you know he'll get signed i know he has like a, a newborn and a kid and everything the like family and stuff but still uh the colorado life is gonna fit him up Mm-hmm. Yep. Colin, what's your thoughts on Detroit? Colorado doesn't seem like a bad place to go for McKinnon. I agree. He can definitely revive his career. I uh <laughs> I think what? What? You said, you revive said McKinnon. his career. McKinnon. Oh fuck, not McKinnon. But uh yeah, um this guy turned into Taylor Swift. I mean uh... <laughs> <laughs> I always thought he was a good playmaker. 
Like, well, I me too. Like, guys. I, I agree. He couldn't score Montreal, and I didn't really know what to expect when we traded for him. I thought we traded a good defenseman for him. So my expectations uh, were not get crazy here. Let's let's not let's not get crazy here. Now we need to dive into this. <laughs> no, no, diving into it. Uh, a minute, hour forty-seven. Next topic. <laughs> yeah, but Drew Ends, uh good for him, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. What he does. I, I'd like to revisit it, but it seems like uh, like they're they're excited to to have him, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is prime time here. Speaking of um, prime time. Or uh, let's. Uh, I wanted to quickly cover uh, Robin Big Mac Leonard uh, not being on the Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts, guys? I have Good. zero thoughts. I but I yeah. Rules he, are rules. Yeah, like he said, he could save Caulfield on a, in the playoffs, and he couldn't save Caulfield. So now, two years later, he doesn't get his name in the cup. Simple as that. He <laughs> should Ouch. have saved coffee on shot two years ago. You've Boom, got shakalaka. You've got the, the entire Habs fan bases uh, on their, uh, they're all standing up here, sending ovation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my personal thoughts is um, we don't have time to go into the entire thing, but I would say that I think it's a little bit unfair. I've never, ever been a fan of Robert Lindner. Every time that I, I watched an interview with him, I thought he was kind of nuts a little bit, but he was also saying good things. He did throw yeah. Buffalo under the bus. He did provide good things for, at some point, he was the hero in Vegas, but they threw him under the bus again. Um, I think it's a little bit unfair, where if he was any kind of special player or had any special situation other than his him speaking out against the league, I think he would have been celebrated and you know, the highlight and, and being shown in the parade and, and, and all of that. I think there was yeah. just some funny business behind not him being on the cup. And I know there's regulations, like there's actual like rules for this, but I don't care. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if he was, I'm just making an idea here, but like if he was like a recovering from cancer or, or he had a death in his family or some, some tragic thing that happened other than him just eating Big Macs and, and insulting the league, I think he would have been on, on the cup, no question. What did he even say about the league? He was he was saying like Buffalo is awful and the, and the medical uh, staff is, is is really bad and uh, we're so happy to have Jack. He was like best buddy with Jack Eichel when he when he was traded because he was he came from Buffalo too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was saying like uh, yeah, I think he said something else about the league too. He said like Ottawa was amazing. Uh, they loved me. What I think it was Ottawa was it Ottawa or the Islanders? I think it was the Islanders. And. How how much of a Buffalo was a shit, shit place and like I don't know like it's he, he made a lot of enemies uh, pretty quick uh, that Philadelphia uh, fiasco with the, with, the, with the players interview <laughs> oh yeah oh pick, yeah take your pick of of people getting fired either that one or the Dominic Ducharm hiring so take your pick I mean what a hot mic <laughs> that that is I want to talk about both. Okay, go ahead. Let's okay, start I'll... off with the with the Flyers thing. I couldn't even believe it. That was yeah. Wow, that was. I I I've done that though, exact thing. Okay. But this is this is the thing. Okay, I haven't said that in a in a in a Zoom meeting, but I've joined a Zoom meeting that required the mics to be on, and I didn't mute myself, and I I ended up saying something which wasn't bad, 
Like compared to some things I've said, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. And it's not saying that I'm saying horrible things. I'm just saying that like, I, I it could have been worse. Um, but this guy, wow, just I feel so like that guy immediately probably got a text from somebody in there saying, "Buddy, you're you're screwed." <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was like a. I think that was a member of the uh, the Philadelphia organization. That wasn't even a media member because they apologized yeah. as a team, not even like. Yeah, I it, it, to tell you the truth, like it just, yeah, like, the, I well, it might have been just yeah, like an interviewer, like a. I I don't feel like. I think it was like the might... admin. Yeah, it's it strange. It was like the admin of the whoever was running it. So probably like well, who said social media person. So he said, "When is she gonna stop asking this effing question?" Yeah, and and then someone in the background said, "The what, you know why you, what do you care? The Flyers suck." I don't know who said that. I, think, I don't know if it was his wife. Or we don't even know which one is worse. I mean, they're both worse than each other. So yeah, like geez, oh my, but that's I okay. As much as it's a horrible thing, I love seeing that stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and the player, what's um. Garnet Hathaway, he's just like, he's like, he, all he hears is like, why did she keep asking this effing question? He's like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I love, I love the city. I love the team. Amazing. <laughs> I picked it uh, from all the picks. Uh, that's the one I wanted. Um, yeah. And okay, so just quickly ending with the Habs' best coach in history and the Habs' best player in history. Oh, boy. Uh, Dominic Ducharme and Joel Ward get hired. <laughs> I can't believe you could get his name out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, is Dominic Ducharme or Joel Ward? <laughs> All the above. Both. Both, yeah. <laughs> Joel Ward, uh, uh, training camp legend. Um, and um, uh, he's, he probably, I think he played on the line with Alesh Hemsky. Um, and then there was, uh, yeah, Dominic Ducharme. I don't know what the heck is going on, but they didn't fire anybody. So how does he just get hired? This is, I don't get it. Like I wasn't even following. Did, did they, did these people like get promoted somewhere else? And that's why we're looking for assistance or what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought Dom was going to go to, um, Chicago. If I was going to be honest with you. It's a perfect place. For, yeah. Because he I worked go with Luke, uh, Luke Richardson, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Poor Luke. I mean, he went to Vegas. Why? Vegas wants to win back to back to back to back to back forever. He's just there for the playoffs. He's a playoff coach. But he, uh, a, he won't have price this time, so it's what, over for him. A playoff coach. Let's not get crazy. The guy do, doesn't uh, – he puts Pazetta out there against Stamkos. So, uh, you know, See, let's, let's go back. So you're saying Vegas isn't winning back to back? There is no uh, way in hell. N- not with this <laughs> hiring. If I see Dominic Ducharme's he- name on the cup, I'm I'm clip I might it. just yeah clip it. I, I, <laughs> I might lose my mind. Uh, and Joel Ward, I guess sure. I you know if you want to coach something, I don't know what he's good at, but he's sure. <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's my analysis of uh, Joel Ward. I guess I guess there you go. I guess it's a new. You're bringing an ex-player into coaching. I'd like to see that. You know, it's better better than the dinosaurs, I guess. Um, yeah. And he, he he's a, I guess he's a a good. Was he? A, would you consider him? A, it's so funny. You search up Joe Ward. The first picture of him is in a Habs jersey. 
Yeah. yeah. On the ice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this guy is like basically Dvorak. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, did he fight? Let me see. No, oh, he was never a. Care. Was he a Bergevin uh, star that we got? <laughs> yes. It, 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 he's not even on the record in, as a Montreal Canadian. Um, he was. <laughs> I think he played preseason and just never played. Or I forgot what it was. We signed. I remember that season. We signed Alish Hemsky. We signed <laughs> um, uh, Mark Streit. And we signed Joel Ward. There's your big acquisitions. And. <laughs> The, the total games they all played was zero. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there you go. There's cheese. Anyways, good luck, Vegas, I guess. <laughs> Bruce Cassidy is going to be pulling out his hair. Yeah, <laughs> he might have to sell his team. Um, good thing there's no Caulfield. Yeah, that's run. true. Who's oh, yeah, Jack Eichel is going to finish like minus 54. Yeah, good night, Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's going to be on the fourth line with Laurent Dauphin. <laughs> I can already imagine Jack Eichel like coming, seeing the charm come, and he's like, "You know what? My neck actually hurts." You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Well, Colin, it's been amazing having you on. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome on any time. Really a lot of success with Sean and yourself. Been really, really awesome having you both. I know I've been enjoying listening to the podcast. Keep it up, boys. I love listening to them while I'm uh, doing my design work. And uh, there we go. Keeps nice. me keeps me ready for the season. Keeps me up to date with all the the latest news. Hopefully, uh, next time if I come on, I'll be a little bit more uh, comfortable at the beginning. <laughs> I won't be a prospect. Yeah, hopefully your internet's better. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, who's, yeah. Who's my who's talking. <laughs> Well, it's been awesome. Uh, thank you both for your for your time this evening. Um, any last thoughts, March, before we wrap this up? Mm, no, I can't think of anything. Um, another two-hour episode, which is fine. Just hopefully everyone's got a two-hour commute to work. Yep. Um, for MVP. Otherwise, just a, just an FYI, I, I messaged these guys before and said, uh, let's keep it to an hour, but I said, take that with a grain of salt. So. Um, and I, it just, uh, you know, please come. I, and I do most of the talking. It seems when I, when, when people ask me a question, I just don't shut up. But anyways, it was good. Yeah. I had a lot of fun, but, uh, thanks. And I think we have a lot of very cool topics coming for the next episode as well. I'm pretty excited about mm -hmm. that. So, mm -hmm. all right, guys, let's wrap this up. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Have a good evening. Okay. Bye, yeah. Everyone. You too. Good night. Okay. See ya.